This is Brain Fuzz, the art, music, and culture podcast with Joe Camusa and Matthew White. In episode 5, Joe and Matthew discuss a visit to Denver, a Mexican restaurant with a dive show, blogging, linseed oil, and fictional galleries. A term is added to the Art Speak Red Flags list. The phrase seagull curation is born. Now, here are Joe Camusa and Matthew White. visit a great gallery called Robichon Gallery. Oh, yeah. You know those guys? They do. They've been around <clears throat> since the 70s, I think. Yes. Well worth a stop in Denver. And then MCA, finally made it MCA. Yeah. We- Both institutions that uh, our friend and neighbor here, Tyler Beard, has, has shown. Oh, really? His affiliations with both those institutions, yes. Fine I- artist, fine human. Yeah, well, he was living in Denver. Yeah, okay. When was the last time you were at MCA? I've never been to that one. Okay. You, so, yeah. I, I was impressed. I, Denver is, like, also on my list of... I haven't been to Denver in 20 years, probably. Um, it, it was. It was. It was something. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And it, it, there's so much... So much to... Um, you know, you've got the natural aspect, which honestly, most of my time was spent with the natural stuff, uh-huh. you know, but, you know, a day and I didn't really scratch the surface of what we could have seen. So bigger than like Chicago MCA, it's what you, just from what I see online, it seems like a more robust. I don't know. I would have to come. I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I'm not willing to commit to that. All right. It doesn't really matter. It, <laughs> Irregardless. It has it has a great rooftop bar. Oh, there you go. Has, which some people just some people base the museum off of the gift shop and the cafe and or the bar. I uh, I have grown to uh, appreciate though a, a good espresso like new museum. That's all I need. Really, you got a nice little shop there with really good books, and uh, you can get a good espresso and just kind of sit in that lobby. That's a nice break sometimes, you know? I don't, that's one of my favorite places, I think. It's, it, you know, the new Whitney's fantastic. Also, you can get outside. Um, I've grown to appreciate the architecture uh, and making them a little more friendly, although there's this bad side of that is that also it's just everything is so crowded these days. I mean, it's good for the institutions. Yes, yes. Uh, but as a goer... You know, you're kind of like, mm-hmm. could you get your selfie stick out of my face? And, I don't understand know, the, that. The hordes of people that yeah. are traversing through, uh, which should be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Where, where are all these, uh, all these people are going to museums and what happens? Then it just stops. You know, they don't. Uh... One of the most culturally significant stops in Denver is a Mexican restaurant with a dive show. A what? A dive show. What's a dive I've show? I've never seen anything like this in my life. Casa Bonita in Denver. Okay. Is a Mexican restaurant. Large Mexican restaurant. It's like medieval times meets the DMV meets your favorite Mexican restaurant around the corner that's not particularly 
great in terms of flavor, okay, but it's your go-to. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is all of those things combined in a pre-animatronics Chuck E. Cheese type thing. It's been there since the 70s. It sticks out like a sore thumb when you see this place. It's enormous. And it was part of a chain that started in the West. Mm-hmm. There, This is the last location remaining. And I kid you not that in the middle, they have a large pool. And <laughs> I, I kid you not, a dot, like, a, and, and then fake rocks. And they have a dive show where they dive off the rocks like every 15 minutes. There's your summer job. Oh, huh. oh. oh is it women? Uh, no. Well, there was one. Uh, no, I think anybody could dive, but it's. Oh, you can do something. No, 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 customers cannot dive. Oh, okay. I was like, these the were trained. These okay. were trained divers. Like, I'd love to see their life. But then they policy. all. Yeah. But then they also double up on this. Uh, they'll they'll also play a role as like a pirate, or they'll play. Yeah. Uh, there's a shootout uh, show. There's the dive show. There's us, and 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 you know that the skits always end up with somebody falling off the rocks into the <laughs> into the water. Oh wow! Yeah, it is it is an amazing stop worth every. It, I mean, it, put that on the list for Denver. It is it is unbelievable. And you walk in, the place is enormous. You walk in, it smells like chlorine. It's chlorine and refried beans is what it smells like. And it's weird. They have this little they have this little window that you or you have to order them. The reason I say it's like the DMV is there's a specific order to everything that you have to follow before you get seated. So you tell them, you know, you order a combo number, okay? And then you get on down this line and then there's this little window where a hand gives you the plate of food and then you put it on the tray and it's one of those where you move the tray down on the little cafeteria yeah and you pay and then you end up you go into the uh, whatever the the great hall the main hall the dining area performance area and you eat and watch the dive show there's alcohol in this place? There is alcohol in this place. They have, from what I understand, the margaritas are, are heavily diluted. So they're not. Oh. Don't go there for the food. Don't go there for oh, the so drinks. The food wasn't good. The food was terrible. Some of the, it was terrible. Terrible food. But this is a must. This is a Matthew White, and, if I've ever heard it. And they have these, they have these arcades. Did you try to make an offer to buy them out? love to be an owner in that. Do a leverage buyout and bring this to Georgia. Well, I was running the numbers as I'm sitting there because oh. there weren't enough people. It was like a f- Thursday late afternoon and some families had knocked off work early to take the kids to Casa Bonita. Wow. And they made straight A's. They got straight A's or whatever and they get to go to Casa Bonita. And my jaw was, I honestly dropped for most of it because I had never seen all of these different a lot of moving pieces there. A lot of moving, a lot of moving pieces, and I've got some great pictures that you will not, that you oh, will not I've believe. Got, yeah, you could post those to the blog. I will. I hate the word blog. What do you call them now? No, they're still blogs. Ah, there's got to be a better term. 
blog, short or, for web or blog. Or it's like a Tumblr. I feel like we're repeating ourselves, but uh, I've had this conversation recently. A lot of people will refer to, will not say a blog. They're like, well, you can go to my Tumblr. But they start to use that as like a Kleenex or a Xerox. Like Tumblr suddenly means any kind of blog. But like, that's WordPress. No, it's my Tumblr. And then going to three or four different platforms, I finally at least found the button, like the buttons when you're like an Instagram that you can instantaneously at least go hit, hit your Tumblr and Facebook Yeah. if you want to be maniacal. Cross post. Full-time job. So, uh, by the way, right before bed I was reading On Fire which yeah. you recommended in the last, and you're right, it's a fine book. Well-written. You want more, don't you? I, 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 I do. books, I'm always like, I want. Yeah, it was good. It was good. But I was left with the haunting image of the, the linseed-soaked rag. Yeah. You're right. You're like, do I have any rags lying around? They all mention the linseed-soaked rag. And I haven't used linseed oil. I remember, I remember the you know jug in my parents' basement like right next to the water heater yeah, I remember that <laughs> but linseed oil you're not using linseed oil are you I use a little bit of it and it's naturally most of a lot of oil paint comes in linseed right but you know it's okay if it's in a container obviously but sitting but having a linseed oil no but there are also a lot of painters that in particular that are slobs that just uh, you know reuse towels and just throw stuff on the floor and uh you know, I uh, I don't necessarily empty my brand new uh, can every night, but um, you know, I think there's something to uh, a they, safe studio. They don't call it spontaneous combustion; it's another term, I think. But it's, a, it's the close, effect is yeah. the same. Yeah, and it happens. But um, I didn't have uh, nightmares off of it because I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. I, I left the book almost every night with a sense of rejuvenation. Yeah. Starting over. We talked about that. Yeah. I, I, um, by that point, I think, you know, after you get over the shock, let's face it, then you, you rebuild. Um, that's all you can do. Yeah. Um, I think it, don't want to tempt fate, but it probably could be a good thing. In some follow-on reading that I did to that, I was reminded that we need to revisit our art speak red flags. And the word for me this week that I'm absolutely sick of hearing is discursive. That's, uh, yeah, that definitely should be maybe a top five. So it serves a purpose. But first of all, what is the definition of discursive? I'm sure you looked it up. According to thefreedictionary.com. Can they be trusted? Ah, that's what I'm wondering. Anyway, definition one, covering a wide field of subjects, semicolon, rambling. Interesting. Number two, proceeding to a conclusion through reason rather than intuition. Every time I've heard discursive or read discursive it has nothing to do with either of those right, definitions right. it seems more it's usually followed there's usually engagements not far behind oh and of course 
dialogue. Everyone, these people must all be in solitary because everyone's so hungry for dialogue. Well, I, I like, you know, I like the first few times I heard discursive, I'm like, okay, I get where you're going with that. And I can see why that would be good for a community. But the more I read it, the more I pick up on the fact that it's only, we're only we only want it to be discursive if we're going to, if we're going to engage on a limited, specific number of topics here. Do you get that sense? I, yeah, I find it overwhelming, the amount of uh, statements, uh, or even, uh, what do you call it, show announcements, um, press releases for, for exhibitions, and reading some of these. And, um, you know, again, I'm all for good writing, but so many of them are so dense and verbose, and unintelligible at times. I feel like I'm fairly educated. I read a lot, and I just read some of these things, and I'm like, I have no idea what the hell this is about. Yes. But I think there's uh, there's something to this, and I, I um, it comes from um, the great Mira Shore. Uh, she had a fantastic essay called Recipe Art that uh, I'm fond of referencing. Um, which, and her thing, it's like you, you take something from popular culture, uh, plus something from art history, plus something appropriated, plus something like weird or expressive, and that equals, that's like the, as she puts it, the, the useful promotional soundbite. And her argument is a lot of this work sounds better. You don't even need to see it. It's just like the... That's a good point. The, the soundbite or the, the package. Mm -hmm. And I think I, a lot of what I'm reading these days kind of strikes me as that or as such. How does that tie into um, fictional galleries? I ran into this, I ran into one fictional guy. I was going to, I was going to travel to, I forget which city it was. And I read about a gallery that was there and it was on my list. And the more I checked into it, I realized that it didn't exist. The whole, it was an idea. And there wasn't even a display space online, anything like that. There was no virtual. It was, it was, their virtual presence was a website that advertised this gallery that, in fact, doesn't exist in, in the physical world. Is it supposed to? Are they, like, trying to get, like, if they had money, would it exist? Or is it, no. is it a, is it? It's an art piece in and of itself. I, I guess so. And then, in, in, again, going back so to this follow-on reading I'm doing, I ran into another one. And so I'm wondering, does it... it's a virtual, non-virtual gallery? I don't It's care. a fictional gallery, and it is, it is described it's as a, a fictional gallery. Okay, I've not. I just used air quotes. You did. Fictional I've, I've gallery. I've that. Because <clears throat> I've been looking at a lot of artist-run spaces, which some of those sure seem to be... But does that doesn't that tie into what you're saying? Is the the idea or the discussion is bigger than the? Yeah. Well, it's kind of the old uh, style over substance, maybe to a certain degree. Uh, not always. I mean, I think sometimes work can be rigorous and uh, interesting, challenging. But um, you know, like we've talked about, like the coded language, uh, or or at times, is that is that a form of elitism? Uh, this like super academic, intellectual slice of the art world. I agree. I think it's almost they... like art for art by artists for artists is what it seems like to me. And I don't I don't want to sound like a philistine. Like I mean I don't want to 
people do what they do. Don't you think in some way they, that they are building a, building a wall with that kind of language so that we can just kind of have our little party? I, I think so. Yeah. Or at least to keep out, you know. I get that sense sometimes. And like you said, unintelligible. There's some, of the, some things that... Burnaway has a column these days about uh, art speak. And I think they now they're examining mission statements and kind of critiquing those, which, you know, that's like the hardest hit, hitting thing I've seen in a while um, on any of these uh, blogs, <laughs> you know, in terms of actually like naming an institution and, and having a critique of, you know, their word choice or um, I'd love to see that with artists, although, you know, who would, who would want their own? <laughs> I, wish, I mean, you, well, could certainly, it, you could certainly hack mine to sh you know, shred. It's easy to criticize an institution. In, in it was done in good taste, though. I don't think it was like, hey, they're a bunch of idiots. But um, in, in one case, you know, it was like this really, really, really incredibly long mission statement. It's like, you need to get this down to... Well, if you're going to have criticism, you have to criticize. And that sounds like a good start. Yeah. The criticism lately is that there isn't enough criticism and criticism. That's true. There seems to be a lot of panels and people talking about that. And then, yet, if there is a bad review, then people get furious and there's 8,000, uh, you know, posts on Facebook or what have you. It is, it is fascinating. People want this dialogue, and then if it happens. <laughs> right. So we, get these, we get these same watered-down... Um, you know, like we were talking about the Atlanta Biennial, there was a review and the article I thought was ridiculous because it trotted out a lot of the same old stereotypes about the South, this just kind of really touristy view of like the, of the history of Atlanta. I mean, it sounded like one of those bad travel shows you'd see on like cable somewhere, yeah. you know, like it's, it's not relevant to what's going on now. Um, what amazes me in a lot of that, and, and this actually ties into the elitism, is I watch either in written accounts or I will watch someone post something that to them is so crazy, but to a large group, large part of the population is everyday life. Give me an example. Okay. I'll give you an example. Someone I know became a staff member at a university that, you know, doesn't have the greatest reputation. And I always kind of got the sense that, you know, this is just a stop. I'm moving on to, right. to greater sure. things. But it's in a rural area and had, had taken a picture of uh, something like uh, something agricultural, some signage that was agricultural. And in, in reflected in the post online was this look at this bizarre find that I've made. Right, okay. And that's not, that, it really only reflects how out of touch you are with your community rather than, than the opposite. If you're coming from this elite. Well, was it, it was nasty is what you're saying? Was it it kind wasn't of like, nasty, but it was, it wasn't was condescending. It? it wasn't, it wasn't those things. I can't say that. But it was just, what I was amazed by was the shock or the, the, just with which this was posted. Like, look at this crazy find I've made, you know? Yeah. And then granted, I've done the same thing now with Casa Bonita. There's okay. a similarity. I mean, you we know, all do it. Let's face it. We Whenever all do you're it. Traveling, you're always like, "Hey, look at this." But don't look at this you, cool sign. Or look yeah, at, if it's outside of your 
I was waiting. Has there been some? Has there been some blowback? No, no blowback on this. It's not going to get tenure. No, moved on to a better place. Oh wow, this yeah. is quick. Yeah, yeah, but it's um. Academia. Yeah. Doesn't don't you think though that what that does is reflect just how out of touch you are with the community, rather than and we see this a lot in Atlanta actually. Someone comes in, does a show, and I've seen I know I'm thinking of two times that this has happened. Comes in, takes what they see as a slice of life, right? And then it's it's, it's you know what it is? It's it's seagull curation. You fly in, you take a dump, and you leave. Nice. <laughs> 